0: Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, welcome to church again. Thank you, Mark, for that. And uh, for those amazing department heads, we thank you and honour you again. Uh, It's good to be here together. And if you're new, again, we just want to welcome you. If you're online, there's a few online Uh, or podcasts. We welcome you as well. A few bugs going around at the moment, a few gastro bugs going around I hear. So make sure you wash your hands and stay healthy. (laughs) Did you know Paul? Tall Paul. uh, Maybe that could be your name, Tall Paul. um, He's studying medicine. So if you have a rash, make sure you go see Paul (laughs) and... uh, Uh gee. <laughs> Tonight the state of origin is on and <laughs> yeah. You sounded like a Queenslander, just a little bit slower. Just a little bit slower. It's alright. Go to the blues. Go to the blues. <laughs> uh gee. Go to the blues. Yeah, it's alright. All right, here we go. Let me start with something. A man with two broken arms walked into a church and asked the priest if he could do or if he could be the new bell ringer. The priest said he was unsure if he could hire him, but would give him a chance, and the man went to the bell tower and started ringing into the bells head first because of his broken arms making the most beautiful sounds the priest had ever heard. Unfortunately, on his second attempt, the man missed the bell and fell out of the tower and died. The priest ran outside to the body and asking the gathering crowd if anyone knew who he was. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to hit that. i got to land this one. I've got to land it. The priest ran outside to the body, and asked the gathering crowd if anyone knew who he was, and they all said no, but his face did ring a bell. Yeah. I does not need a clap. If you're clapping anyone, clap God, don't clap me. (laughs) Uh, There's a bit of a turbulent one there, better than last week today's service um, I'm going to share for a few minutes and then I'm going to get you guys to actually do an activity. (laughs) Toddlers love activities and church people often love activities too so just to recap last week we've been doing a series around family and building a healthy church family and last week we spoke about a family that cares well and just to recap, if you weren't here, listen to it on podcast, but if you were, we talked about seven ways to care, one being to be proactive and not just reactive. In other words, don't just care when you hear about something, also care three weeks later. Offering prayers important, number two. Be practical, send a text, make a call, send a card, make a meal, send a gift. Number four, we talked about how sometimes silence is actually soothing. Sometimes people don't need you to give all the advice. It's just to be with somebody in a time of crisis is important. In that, presence is often powerful. So actually to be present, asking someone if they're okay, and celebrating people well. And we talked about how in order to care well as a community, because the Bible tells us that the world will know you're my disciples by how you love one another. Or the world will know you're my disciples by how you care for each other. But the best way to actually care for each other and to receive care is to be in community. It's really hard uh, from my angle as a senior pastor to care for every single person. Um, Jesus had 12 who he, you know done life with, discipled well. So therefore we rely and equip Connect leaders to help care for people inside the church why? Because if you're in connection, then people can care well for you. But if you're isolated, it makes it really hard to care because you might be going through a really tough moment and have no one to talk to, but that's not actually God's idea. God created connection. He created community. So make sure after service you stick around, meet somebody you haven't spoke to, ask about their story. Get a meal with someone. Just go plonk yourself at some random table with people and make it awkward till they talk to you. (laughs) Do whatever you have to do. And if you can't stick around, get here early. There's people here early. Just shake some hands. You know, just do whatever you have to do to build community because the onus is often on us to make sure that we're connecting well. Does that sound good? All right, let's just pray. Father, I just thank you for your presence I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you love us. Lord, we pray right now that your Holy Spirit would be here in power, that you would change lives, that you would speak to hearts, that you would break chains off people, people who are discouraged. I pray that they would rise up with encouragement in their hearts today. Those, Lord, who are feeling isolated, may they find family. Lord, we pray for our church community who are unwell. We pray for healing. We pray for breakthrough. In Jesus' powerful name, we commit this moment of the service to you. And everybody said, amen. amen. I just want to say hi to my son, Bear, at home. Hey, Bear. Love you. My wife just sent me a photo of him in front of the TV watching Daddy, so I just wanted to say good day to him because he is amazing. This morning, I want to speak to you for a few minutes about being a family that shares stories being a family that shares stories. In our family, my brother um, is an amazing storyteller. If you met my brother, um, you will know this. So at most family gatherings, it always ends the same. It's everyone sitting around listening to my brother tell stories about his life. And he is such a good storyteller that everyone's engaged. Everyone's happy and everyone normally has questions to ask. <laughs> so I know that if we at a gathering, if my brother's there, his name's Sam, then I know that the entertainment side is covered. <laughs> now, anyone know someone like that in their family? Anyone think that they're that person in their family? <laughs> He's a great storyteller, and the thing is about stories is that Stories are important, and you have a story. Your life carries a story, and your story is unique to you. And it's actually a very powerful story because as you walk through life, you're created in God's image. And the story that you create can be a story of God's glory, it can be a story of wastage, it can be a story of pain, it can be a story of amazing grace. It can be a bunch of different things, but every day wake up understanding something that you are creating a story with God. Even if yesterday was a write-off type of day, tomorrow is a new day. And I I love the scripture, it says that his mercies are new every morning. (laughs) Often in life we can find ourselves living in the previous chapters of our story, And we actually end up rewriting old chapters because we don't move on with the story God's trying to create in and through our life. And you'll find this in particular if you struggle with forgiveness or if you have uh, maybe trauma you're trying to deal through. And that takes time and it takes healing. But if we're not careful, we can find ourselves replaying the stories of yesterday when God actually says, it's a new day. Every day is a new day. Your past doesn't define you. How amazing is that? Like our past, and, and let me just speak that, and I know that's a, a statement that we hear. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, your past doesn't define you. <laughs> now, point to yourself and say, my past doesn't define me. Yeah, it doesn't. Now, there are good things from your past that help build who you are, and there might even be some bad things that help create your worldview right now. But the mistakes of your past, in particular, don't define you. God's mercies every day, the renewing of your mind comes about because I think the Father knows that we can live in the past so often. Some of us have to stop living in the past. In saying that, you have to understand that the testimonies of your past carry power. Now in the Old Testament, you often read that when there was a God moment that the men of God or women of God, they would stop and they would say, "Let's build an altar." Have you noticed that? Let's build an altar. Let's, let's take a moment to worship. The moment, you know, Jacob and the ladders and he has a dream and he has, a, he, I'm going to call this moment, this, this place, and name the place, this is Bethel, because I encountered God here. The cool thing about that is that it was a moment of encountering God, but what that altar, back then it wasn't barbecues galore type barbecues, because back then they used fire, they would sacrifice an animal. It wasn't a bunning special, Yeah. It was a, let's go and collect big rocks and let's pile them up, let's get some wood and put it on top of the rocks and let's put our altar, sorry, put our, our sacrifice on top of the altar. There are two reasons for that. One, rocks are stable and they don't burn, but number two, it became a reminder for future generations when they would walk past that place, oh, this is where my great-great-granddad, Jacob, built an altar. Oh, let's talk about what happened in this moment. Let's talk about what the history was of that moment. That's where he encountered the living God. That's when God done a miracle. That's where, that's where he wrestled with God. That's where, you know, God gave him uh, an amazing revelation. And it becomes a reminder for generations, the, the altar of rocks, In your life, you have altars that you build around God moments. And we have to remember, it might not be a physical altar, but in your spirit and in your heart, something that you revisit from time to time for the sake of future generations. How amazing. I have to make sure that I remember what God's doing. And I'm not a journaler. My wife does journal a little bit. The first 12 months of my son's life, she journaled every day so that one day she could read it to him. Today you done your first poop in your nappy. It was a great moment for us all. It's just an example. Sorry, Bear. (laughs) But one day, that'll be a moment where... When he's older, he has his own kids, because my mum done that for me. She, she gave us a, 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 a book and said, I, I wrote this about your first, I think she said, six months. It was seven days worth, but it was seven days of memories. And I was, it was just cool to read about, you know, thinking about my parents back in their, you know, late 20s, early 30s, trying to navigate parenthood for the first time. It was kind of entertaining. <laughs> Sorry. Bear says amen. That was my wife just texting me. Thank you, Bear. So, your story is powerful. Your story carries so much power that it should be declared from generation to generation. So, another word for story is testimony. What is testimony? Well, testimony is testing. <laughs> It's when you go through a test, and by the grace of God, you overcome in that test, and now it's part of your testimony. So when we share our testimony, it's simply sharing with others what God has done for you. <clears throat> the great thing about testimony is that the testing of our faith, which is James chapter 1, verse 3, it says that our faith is tested. The great thing about the testing of our faith is it turns our theories into testimonies. That's really cool. The testing of your faith turns our theory into testimony. Now, I grew up in a a Christian school. It's it's a lot different now than what it used to be. And I remember getting teased when I was really young for being a part of a Pentecostal church. You know, and so little... Year two, such and such, were teased. little year two, Beniah, and, and my other. I lived across the road from another Pentecostal pastor in town, and me and his son were best mates. So the two Pentecostal pastors' kids were on the same bus, same bus stop, and so we would get teased together because we were the happy clappies back then. And we would say, Yeah, but your church is boring. Yeah, but you're the happy clappies. That was the argument in year two. We don't have that today, the denominational wars of 1990, (laughs) 1990s. But as I got older, I just realised that theory is one thing. People can argue theory. When I became youth pastor, a pastor sat down with me um, from a different theological background and gave me a book and said, i got you this book to congratulate you. This is our first time ever meeting, and it was about how what I believed was wrong as an Australian Christian church's pastor, youth pastor, and here you go, I'm going to correct you. I'm going to save you from the path you're on in your church. We didn't really speak much after that, but anyway, that's what happened at the time when I was 19. The thing is, though, is that everyone has theories And he probably was right in some ways and I was probably wrong in my beliefs and I was right in some ways and he was wrong. It doesn't matter. When it comes to our life, you've got to realise that everyone has opinion but not many have wisdom and many have theories about Scripture but you find that power comes through those who have lived long enough to create testimony from their theory. You hear it in church when someone gets up here and opens the Bible, and they share something, but they haven't lived it yet. They share theory, which still carries power, because it's the Scripture, but there's something even more amplified and powerful when it's actually being applied to their life. It's easy to argue theology, but it's hard to argue testimony. I can tell you that God doesn't heal in the New Testament today's church, But if you've been healed of cancer, who cares what I have to say? Yeah? I don't care if you have 50 scriptures to back up a thought. If I've seen God do a miracle in my life, testimony will trump your theory. I love this Bill Johnson quote. It says, it says, Jesus doesn't talk about his interaction with the Holy Spirit. He illustrates it. You notice that in, in, in the Scripture, in the Gospels? Jesus just does. He just is. He doesn't go, oh, there's a man with leprosy. Okay, everyone gather, we're going to do a five-week study on healing from leprosy. Get out your Torahs, get out your Scripture. No, he just, he embodied the Scripture. He embodied the testimony of the Holy Spirit in and through his life. What a great challenge for us. <laughs> one person, preacher, once said it this way: if you're sitting there, try and clap with one hand. Try and clap. Yeah, it sounds sounds a bit weak, doesn't it? Now now you try and clap with two hands. Okay. One hand is theory. But if you have two hands, it's theory, it's testimony, together creates the effect. So we have many Christians who are going, let your light shine, make a noise for Jesus. They're one-handed crabs doing their best. Uh, If I just do it, the minute you get testimony is you create a loud impact because... God's word with God's with with God's actions in your life create an amazing testimony. This is the power of testimony. This is why it's important for us to share stories. To share testimonies. So here's some really quick things, and then we're gonna do something practical. Number one, why is sharing stories so important? If you have your Bibles turn to Psalm 71, verse 15. Psalm 71, 15. It says this. It says, My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. Notice, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. O God, from my youth you have taught me and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to those to come. The power of testimony. I love this psalmist. He's like, you're not going to shut me up. Even when I've got gray hair, I'm still going to go for it. I'm still going to declare what you have done. I love how he says, it says, your wondrous deeds. When you share your stories of the wonders of God, that people might say, God is wonderful. (laughs) How many people do you know, how many Christians do you know, that when you see their life, when you hear what they have to say, you sit there going, well, God is wonderful. Because that is our That's our story. That's our anointing. That's our call. So, number one, sharing testimony gives glory to God. It's an act of worship. When I talk to you about what God has done, and as a pastor, every week I have to do this. You get that from me all the time. You probably have heard, you've been in this church for many years, you've heard me share testimony three, four, five times sometimes. The same story. And I just speak as I was brand new. Like you're hearing it for the first time. You're like, yeah, I've heard this one. I don't mind. I'll keep declaring the wonders of God because there is power in that. That everyone who loves Jesus here, you have testimony. The second thing is this. If you have, well, let's just, I'll read it to you. Matthew 6, verse 10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Turn to your neighbor and say, His kingdom come. His will be, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So number two, we declare God's normal. When you share the stories of God, when you just declare the testimonies of your life, we declare what God's normal is. It says this in Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and what give glory to your Father in heaven. Let your testimony be so powerful that others might hear it and think, I need to give our wonderful God glory. I find as Christians we can be loud in our theories, but the power is in our testimony Your workmate doesn't need the three scriptures necessarily of why they need Christ, although that's a good foundation. Share it when you can. Understand that it is amplified through your transformation. (laughs) I think it was Assisi, I can't remember his full title, Francis of Assisi said... Something along the lines, and if I misquote it, I apologize, but like, preach the word and use words if you have to. (laughs) In other words, live your life in such a way that it brings people close to Christ, and if you have to, then use the words. In Acts 4.33, it says... And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord, and a great grace was upon them all. The apostles were giving their testimony of the resurrection, and the power of God showed up. Do you know that's what happens? This is good. Number three, uh, let me read you the scripture. In Revelation 12, verse 11, if you look to the screen. Revelation 12:11 it says it says and they conquered it's, it's the enemy him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony for they loved their lives even unto death not their lives even unto death the third thing is this we overcome the enemy with what the blood of Jesus and the word of your testimony yeah Revelation 12:11a I think it is You want to overcome things in the Spirit? Speak up. (laughs) Listen, Protest down the street holding old cardboard with your messy handwriting is not going to match you declaring your testimony. You want to bring change? Declare your testimony. The fourth thing is this, and last one, it's this. In Revelation 19.10 it says... The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Last one. Let me share our stories as a family. We prophesy what's to come. The example is this. If you're struggling right now with an illness and I get somebody up here to share their testimony of healing about that illness, you sit there going, if God can do it for them, God can do it for me. The person sharing their story isn't saying, thus saith the Lord, blah, 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 blah. They're saying, God done this for me. And you're hearing going, if God done that for them, they are prophesying. If God done a miracle for them, God could do a miracle for me. The power of sharing stories. Again, it gives God glory. It declares God's normal. It overcomes the enemy and it prophesies what's to come. how amazing don't dull down your testimony because what happens often is this, like I grew up in a Christian home, I grew up with pastors as my parents I don't have the testimony of drugs, addiction rehab, you know came down to an altar call, all of a sudden dropped my smokes I don't have that Somebody else has that, and they're the ones I grew up listening to, and that's so powerful. And you sit there going, oh, my goodness. But then I'll go, but my testimony is a pastor's kid. Like, I can't share my story because it's nothing. Maybe I should go out and do a bunch of things just to say, (laughs) look look at (laughs) what... And that's what we do sometimes in life. We compare ourselves. We go, well, ours isn't as extravagant as that. Therefore, I'm not going to speak up. But the reality is, in my heart, what God's done in me is so deep and so profound. And maybe there's another pastor's kid in the room who's going through the same thing as me. <laughs> or someone gets to the podcast and goes, You I'm a pastor's kid and I'm struggling and I went through doubts and I went through fear. And they get encouraged. You see, don't put your testimony in a box. And don't put it to the back of the cupboard. Speak up. Yeah. Share it, knowing that it gives glory to Jesus. Yeah. So what we're going to do, we're going to finish that section. But what we're going to do is something a little bit different. I would love for us in this room to break up into groups of four or five. Now, if you're here going, oh, I don't even have a testimony yet. It's okay. Just Listen. You don't need to speak, you just listen. But I love if some of some people in that group can share their salvation testimonies. The story of how you met Christ. And by doing so, you are, remember, giving glory to God. You are declaring what God can do, He's normal. You are overcoming the enemy, and you are prophesying to those who listen. Does that sound good? So what I like though is I'd like what are the generation? There's the boomers. There's the what's the other ones? Gen Y. Gen X. There's the grey hairs. There's the no hairs. There's the flourishing hairs. <laughs> I'd actually love it if we actually Mixed up the generations if possible. So make sure that in your group now that you—and by the way, you know, if you don't want to do this, you can just stay in your seat. But it'll be great. Uh, actually, even if you don't want to do it, just sit in the group. Just sit there. Just do this if you don't want to talk. But everybody else. <laughs> so why don't we just stand to our feet? We're going to practically, practically, apply sharing stories as a church family both of what has been and what God is doing. And maybe John, I could chuck on other the teams some, some worship in the background. And go mix it up, sit in groups of four or five or six, and just share your salvation stories and be encouraged in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.